Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. But you know what? It's more than that. We want to help you thrive in the midst of today's cancel culture. Our goal is to raise up workplace warriors who will stand for what they believe in, whatever the cost. You can find out more by visiting expertownership.com. But without further ado, here we go. I've been really, really feeling it. Got a bus to move or a show. Let me get it. So today is part two. Last week we were talking about goals in business and it, and it really got me thinking. This is Jason Benham, by the way. I got my twin sister, David, here and our CEO, Hello. master coach at Expert Ownership, Eric Dadgumback, with us. Um, but we were talking last week about goals and applying them to business, applying them, applying them personally. And it really got me thinking about the power of running your family like a business. And I had a guy tell me that once, a, a, an entrepreneur who was much older, successful, and his kids were uh, adults. He had grandkids. And I'm like, bro, how did you do it? And he's like, I basically looked at my family like a business. Because the same entrepreneurial gift that I have to make things happen and to be proactive and to set goals and to have vision and all that stuff, I do that in my business. So I just looked at my family the exact same way, and he said it worked. And I was like, I've never heard that, but I'm going to steal it. So that's what I want to talk about today is applying the principles that work in business to our families. Now, Eric, where you left us off last week, hmm. for those of you listening, this is now David, where he left us off last week hanging was you said, look, this whole idea of, you know, uh, infancy to adolescence to then young adulthood to mature adulthood, it's like we're, we're on a process of maturing at all points. Um, and that the reason why kids go through the rebellious years is because they're what they're basically saying is I'm now wise enough, or I'm old enough to choose to go out and do what I want because you've not placed a goal in front of me. And I've seen the way you parent your kids, and it's often a very good example for me parenting my kids. So you are not, I am here are, now. What David is saying is you are not failing. <laughs> but I am here now, and, and the listeners are, are with us. We want to hear some wisdom on uh, running our families this way. Yeah, well, entrepreneurs with families, right? Yeah. Uh, business owners with families. I'll, I'll break it into a very simple statement. Don't let your kids run off the map. Okay. They don't have enough map. You built the map for your family while your kids are zero to five. And that's the map you have. And you probably got your map from your own childhood or your own concept of being in a family. And you're, you know, like in the Indiana Jones movies where it shows the, the airplane going across the map, right? Yes. It's yeah. like the map ran out and you just keep trying to pull your kids back onto the map that only lasted five years. And now they're six years old or eight or 10 or 15 years old. And all you're doing is trying to recover a map. You get them back on the map that's too small. So really the issue is that they, they don't have any vision for where they're going or what's ahead of them. Mm. You know? And so when we look at that, I think it's a couple of things. One thing is that, of course, a, a business and a family are different, right? In a business, it's a voluntary association. So we're all choosing to be there. Right. Okay. Um, and in a family, we didn't choose to be there. That's uh, right. We got born there. God chose for us to be there. Um, so what I look at instead of job functions, you know, I look at it as roles. Yeah. And so in a family at any given time, somebody's the policeman, somebody's yeah. the nurse, somebody's the comedian, somebody's the truth sayer. Like, mm. and you can come up with these all on your own, you know, whatever you want to call them. Don't, don't make them 
too pejorative or like don't make them a dig, you know, yeah. uh, but make it like wholesome in a way. So it's like I- inspiring. Um, but the thing is, is right now, everybody listening, you just think about your family and just go, what are the roles we're in? Mm-hmm. And now some of the roles would be obvious and traditional. It was like, this is the typical role, the breadwinner, or the caretaker at home or whatever. But, but let your mind, you know, kind of spend some time on that. And now you want to ask yourself the question, okay, for this person in this role for this season, what can we do to invest in this person growing in that role? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, as soon as you do, it's like, okay, I'm starting. The map just got a little bigger. Okay. Mm. Now I want to think about that person and I want to say, okay, these are some things that we can help them grow. And what would be evidence of the growth? And now we start to see, okay, I do like helping people grow in their strengths more than trying to improve their weaknesses. Right. Because if I, and you take this, take it back to the business for a second. If my business has four profit centers and three of them are okay. And one of them is awesome. Mm-hmm. Does it make any sense at all yeah. to really work on the three and and leave the fourth one to just, we just hope it keeps going. Of course right not, yeah. right? If we're good at it, let's just get keep getting great and great and great. That will actually support mm-hmm. if we want to nourish those other three. Same thing in humans. So you got one character as- attribute that's just, you know, great. This aspect of you is awesome. Let's really, really put pedal to the metal. And the reason is because the season will shift. Mm-hmm. And once the season shifts, it's kind of like, okay, it's not that season anymore. So it's not going to be fertile ground in the way that it was. So mm-hmm. instead of trying to teach everything to everyone all the time, it's like, ask God, what is the season in this child's or this you know person's life in my family? And how can I get in alignment with that? Mm. So when you do that, you now are ready to start to set some goals. And you want to ask them, you know, let's say that the person in the family is, is kind of the, uh, the caretaker. Okay, They are always, uh, sometimes the oldest child is this, right? They're always making sure everything is right and people are included and all that kind of stuff. Um, when you talk to them about that and when you engage them on that, one of the things that you can ask them, it's one of my favorite questions, is to say, you know, I noticed that you really have a heart for everybody. Like you really yeah. think about, is anyone left out? And I want to ask you for yourself, how could you be more included? How could we as a family include you more? Mm-hmm. Because often what we're paying attention to in others is what we're looking for for ourselves. Yeah. And this is a great clue about how to relate to people. And some of us as parents, I'm sure you guys have had this too, especially teenagers, right? You just say, I don't know even what to say to you right yes. now. Mm-hmm. I've been there many times. Oh, <laughs> like, gosh. right? It's like, I'm, I just, you know, let me just not be an idiot, you know, from the 70s and like relate to you in any way that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I don't know how to do this, right? This is a great way to do it is to ask that question. Mm-hmm. To, you know, talk about, man, you seem to be so good at this. You take care of people. You think about people. Tell me some ways you'd really like to be taken care of. Tell me some things that would really show you that others in our family are thinking about you. You look at those things. You take that back to the rest of the family and go, "Hey guys, I've got some goals. I want this week. I want everybody to compliment. You know, my oldest son's name is Judah. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to make certain that they compliment Judah anytime he does something to take care of you. So just recognizing that gift and, and growing that gift. So I mean, yeah. there's, there's there's a lot to it, but I think that's I a good that. starting point. And I love everybody. that. And it, you know what that reminds me of is is uh, our baseball coach, our senior year at Garland Christian Academy in Dallas, Texas. Um, he used to, at the end of practice, and we actually would incorporate this into our business as we were growing it, um, and then ultimately our families, he would get everybody together, and everybody had to say one thing 
about another player mm. and it, they had to say one thing that they saw in that other player for that practice mm. of what they appreciated. Awesome. You know, I saw so-and-so over there, you know, shagging balls when he didn't have to. I saw another player over there who went and cleaned up the dugout and I appreciated it. And it got people, I mean, you're, you got 16 to 18 year old boys sitting there looking at each other saying nice things. And it was kind of hard for some of these kids. It's a culture changer. Even doing that in your own home. You know, it's funny that Jason even mentioned that you and I were walking over to the podcast from my house Mm -hmm. and Eric looks over at me and goes, David, tell me one thing you like about Jason that makes him so good. And I'm like, what the heck? I don't like answer that question. I don't like him. (laughs) You don't do that. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. But yeah, you know, that changes culture when you um, just really, you talk to the family, you talk to the siblings together. I need to do this in my house. I've never done it before, but I I I was surprised that you admired him for how well he cleaned toilets. That's right. I didn't know that that was going to come out. That kind of honesty. And how straight and white my teeth are. Well, he really, but what he really said is what an amazing activator you are. Uh, He (laughs) He was like, Jason can get on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's also, you know, my greatest strength is also, you know, my greatest like, weakness. Like all of us. Um, like but us. I, I think about um, Michael Gerber, uh, mm-hmm. one of your colleagues. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, E-Myth, mentor. 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 Yeah. Um, and, and what he did at, at, at E-Myth, and he really had this great quote that is early on in our business. I read that book, and it mm-hmm. got me thinking, wow, this is a pretty cool idea. He said, you can't just be in your business. You got to get outside of it so you can work on it, not just in it. Exactly. And I thought, uh, that makes sense. You know, you can't just be on the operating table yeah, and exactly. operate on yourself. Yeah. You have to be able to remove yourself from it and get out over the top in the surgeons. Yeah. You know, and, and truth and truth is truth because that's true there. It's also true for your family. That's where I was going. Come with on, it. come on. It's like being able to recognize that in my marriage, yeah. I'm going to take some time. We're going to do it once a month. We're going to do it once a week, whatever it is, where we're going to step out of being inside our relationship and we're going to work on it mm-hmm. where we're going to talk about some things mm-hmm. in an environment where nobody gets in trouble. Exactly. That's right. You know, it's very, and, and doing the same with your kids exactly, and helping them recognize that, okay, we need to work on some things. And you know, that brings me to another point because in our business, we have to deal with conflict resolution all yes. the time. And it's one of the hottest topics that anytime you're going to talk about conflict re- resolution uh, in business, we're getting like twice the amount of people signing up for those trainings. You By know? the way, we did, we did a fantastic training on that one. It was one of our best. And if you're inside of Owner's Suite, if, you, if you're not part of Owner's Suite, go to expertownership.com. But if you're inside of Owner's Suite, you can get access to that. It's a fantastic training that we did. Uh, that has gotten incredible reviews and helps so many business owners. So sign up for Owner Suite, expertownership.com. We'd love you to join that community. You get all kinds of perks and benefits, and you get some excellent training. And the cool thing about that is, is that the principles that you share in that, along with all the other trainings that we do on a weekly and biweekly basis, um, we're able to take those principles because they're all derived from Scripture. Mm-hmm. How to right. run your business according to Scripture. All of those apply to your family. They do. And that's what we're talking about today. But I think specifically about conflict resolution, mm-hmm. And I think um, about something that my wife and I talk about in our podcast, Beauty and Battle. Uh, we talk about how uh, in conflict, two things manifest themselves with every, with every conflict. The issue itself and the ability of the person to handle the issue. If number two is good, number one will always work itself out. That's so true. The issue doesn't matter. That's so true. But the ability of the person. So we as entrepreneurs and as leaders have a responsibility to make sure that our people in our business can handle right. the issues. Right. Uh, that's so true in our family as well. And I found one thing that has really helped me, and EB, I want to get your feedback on this. 
that when it comes time to deal with an issue, let's say I've got an issue with a specific person, um, I can approach them one of two ways. The first is through a complaint, which is about a behavior. The second, which is not good, is a criticism, which is about the person itself or your identity. So a complaint has these components. It says, um, so you, you did this or you said this. I felt this. I would appreciate you not doing that. Right? So there's your three components. You yeah. said this or you did this. Awesome. I felt this. Okay, so you're bringing a complaint mm -hmm. to them. Not being a complainer, but just offering up a complaint. Yep. Yep. I would rather you do this. What that does immediately is it puts the person on your team. Mm. They're like, oh, I made you feel that way? Okay, that's, that's offering a complaint. Now, let's go to the bad side of this. Let's look at this not as a complaint, but as a criticism. Mm -hmm. a criticism says, it has three components too, but it looks like this. Uh, you, said, you said or you did this. You always do this. Mm. You're such a mm. fill in the blank. Well, yeah, Boy, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, why don't you ever do that? It like, sounds like you're listening to my daughter's bedroom. Okay, but two, <laughs> of, the, two of the girls going at so it from time to time. A complaint is about behavior. Yeah. Like you did this thing, but yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I want us to be on the same page. But criticism is about identity. Yeah. Like now, I'm going to elevate my complaint to a criticism. I'm going to label you. And now, what's that going to do to that other person? Ooh. It's going to make them defensive. Absolutely. Now they're defending themselves. They're not on your team. Right. But if I would have simply just switched that middle part, yeah. the first part we all have to do. You said or you did this. The second part needs to be the important part where you say, "Now I feel this." That gets the person on your side. Okay, and then you move forward like, okay, what's the new behavior we need? Which goes right hand in hand with what you were talking about, you know, yeah. your son Judah. Hey, yeah, yeah. he's really good at this. Yeah. You guys honor him in that. Yeah. That really helps. Now, here's the danger. Unchecked criticism in your heart. Like if you've had an issue with one of your siblings at home or, or one of your kids at home that's been, you know, do, doing all sorts of crazy stuff or one of your employees or your employee to employee colleagues, Unchecked criticism in the heart leads to contempt. And contempt brings the dangerous, awful mm. element of comparison. Yeah. So contempt says, you did this. You always do this. You're such a blank. I never do that. Mm. Like it brings so in the element of- You're setting yourself opposed to the person. That's yes. right. Yeah. You're completely opposed. And it's like now it elevates you above that person. Uh, Dr. John Gottman in his book- um, I forget which, which book it is, but he's one of the foremost psychologists on marriage, mm -hmm. um, studied for over 50 years on marriages. And he said the, the, the number one relationship killer is contempt. Mm. It's when it's unchecked criticism that leads to contempt in the mind and in the heart, and your relationship will break. So we have to make sure as leaders that we're not letting unchecked criticism so go on in our business amongst the employees. So we've got to teach them offer a complaint and guys look i'm going to give you here both of you get in here now mm -hmm, let's deal with this mm -hmm. issue because you're ruining the culture in our business yeah. the same is true with our families it is. It like is. we want to make sure that our kids and that us as spouses show our kids how we're going to relationally get along and make sure that we get on the same page yeah what do you think about that ab i think it's brilliant i think it's brilliant because what you did is you just outlined a policy you just outlined a procedure and mm -hmm. even at home we don't call it a procedure but right. we might write it down uh, we do at our house. We actually call it the fight club rules. Fight club and rules. The first rule of fight club is that you fight fair. And this is how mm -hmm. we fight fair in our family. You know, this is how we resolve conflict. Um, at business, the same thing. You know, It might be in a handbook or an HR manual, but really it needs to live in the culture, which is yeah. like, hey, we, first of all, we just don't vomit on people. 
We don't just bring a problem. We, we bring a problem, but we bring a suggested solution. Mm-hmm. So we're contributing. You know, have you asked someone else about this first? Uh, did you look at these resources that we have already first? Because what we don't want to do is we don't want to teach people to just come to us with their problems. Yeah. So we solve all their problems. We want everyone to be mature and grow in their maturity. Yeah, we, yes. give, we, yeah. we call it the three S. What is the situation? What are the available solutions? What is your suggestion? Bingo. Those are the three. That way you don't vomit. And if someone's coming to you vomiting, you You say, no, 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 I need the three. Give me the situation very clearly, very short. Give me a sentence. Give me a couple available solutions. And what is your suggestion? Most people just want to bring you the situation so that you can do the thinking Mm -hmm. and so that they can just dump it on you. But they haven't thought through the available solutions and then even thought deeper well, which solution do I think is the best? You know, and often sometimes people are bringing us problems because they want to connect. Now, if you're yeah. a problem solver, careful, because your people will learn to connect to you through problems. Mm. Oh, that's the guy who solves problems. So I don't have anything to say to him until I have a problem. Oh, guess I just thought up a problem. And it's kind of subconscious, but they come to you with this problem all the, and you're like, oh, they're always bringing me problems. Think about this. Maybe it's because there's no other time you're connecting. And we were talking about this earlier, salary.com's, you know, survey of what what drives employee behavior. You know, top three has been the same for the last 15 years. Meaningful work, consistent feedback on performance Mm. and fair pay. That consistent feedback, if you're not giving them feedback, positive and constructive, what's going to happen? Well, they're starving for your attention. They're going to dream up a reason for you to pay attention to them. It's probably going to be a problem. Which loops us back to the families and setting goals. I've got right. teenage daughters. I've got teenage boys. I have college-age boys. I've got a junior high boy. Um, just setting that dedicated time with them gives you the ability to connect. Yes. Do you make goals once a week? I mean, don't you have Beckman time? Yeah, anchors. You, anchors. Yeah, so do you have professional anchors? Uh, as an owner, you're going to have professional anchors. And then that might fall into your job function. So some of you guys listening right now might be the general manager of your business. You're not just the owner, but Mm -hmm. you're also running everything all day long. You also might be the front desk person. So those anchors fill out those job functions. But then you also have personal anchors. And it starts with you and your relationship with God. How are you investing in that relationship? Daily, weekly, monthly. Then your spouse, then your kids. And Mm -hmm. it filters down from there so that you do have a consistent investment in them. Oh, that's so good. You know, we... For those of you listening, it's we have biweekly trainings, and then we also have a workshop specifically for owner suite uh, members that are inside of our community where we actually open it up and we workshop people's, whether it's your life or your business or whatever it may be, we let our master coach loose on you, your family, your business, whatever it may be. Two hours of fun. It's two solid hours, and it is absolutely invaluable. So I encourage you to go to expertownership.com, join Owner Suite. It's an amazing thing. Um, We need to do own it or loan it as we wrap this bad boy up, though. We got to send props out to CHM, Christian Healthcare Ministries, for being our our uh, podcast sponsor. Listen, and I know if, if you're a, a regular on our podcast, you hear us talk about this a lot, but the, the partners that you have uh, in your business are invaluable. Your business is only as good as the partners that you bring around you, your insurance guys, your attorneys, your, your vendors, your contractors, and whoever else it is. CHM has come in, Christian Healthcare, and really helped us as we've been able to provide insurance and and uh, and help our employees get to something that doesn't cost them all that junk and all those high premiums like a like a, a Blue Cross Blue Shield or an Aetna. But it's not insurance, Jason. It's, it's not health insurance. sharing, which is yep. great. You got to you got to get those nuances. But so where do they go? 
they go to expertownership.com slash chm do it sign up a lot of people have been signing up it's been pretty awesome um okay we're gonna we're gonna end this with own it or loan it uh you know this is kind of stupid but you know business owners i want to know what they what they're thinking especially eric own it or loan it a phone case with a wallet on it oh that's a good one I loan that bad boy, and the reason, what? yeah, the reason is because I don't. I feel like the phone makes the phone isn't always the solution, and it's a, it can be more of a a distraction or a chink in the armor. Sometimes it's always something I'm checking, so I somehow feel like I want them separate, but it's not practical. It's yeah, just but it's a, not practical. It's, it's like, not okay, practical. So when you go to the gym, you've got a big old man purse wallet, a merch, and a phone. He's seen it. He's a oh, merch. But, but that's no. That's but the I thing. don't though. I have the little thin. I'll, I'll, yeah, I don't but have it's it still me. independent. It of is your independent, phone. and and fundamentally, I feel conflicted. But somehow, I just I don't Listen, know. Here's the deal. Dinosaur. As I, as I get older, <laughs> so I've got a phone wallet. And as I get older and I'm going to need some reader glasses, I'm going to find a, a wallet slash reader glass holder. No, they, they have those. Reader glasses holder. They're phone. out there. No, you can use your phone to zoom in on the menu, right? But There's, but that, there's that technique. There is a phone that's actually, the phone case that's actually got the little readers that pop out of them, but it's kind of bulky. But I I own it. I own the phone case with the wallet because it's allowed me to just streamline. Yeah, I like that. I've I, never lost I might my have wallet. To get converted here. It's been amazing. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the new truck I bought, I don't even have to have keys for it. So I run everything through my phone. So I don't lose my keys. I don't yeah. go to the gym and now I'm wondering where my wallet, my keys, and my phone. Tracked. But, oh, I'm sure you're being tracked too. We're all being tracked. Well, speaking yeah, of that, we've got to end this podcast. We've taken up too much time, but if you have never uh, subscribed to Expert Ownership Podcast, please do that. Please rate us and give us a review and invite your friends and anybody that you know that's a faithful entrepreneur that would love greater freedom and success. That's what we're trying to launch you into. And don't forget, as our fa- faithful friend Larry Hubatka always says, uh, if you have a choice between income or impact, choose impact. But if you can have both, why not get them both? I've been really, really feeling it. Feeling it. About to bust a move, watch out, let me get it. Get it, get it.